Alright guys, welcome back into another PGA DFS video. My name is Eric Paulzine with 9 to 5 Sports. Going to be getting into the Dell Technologies Match Play Tournament. Uh, this is a fun one I'm pretty excited for. So last year the process brought us to Beyond Billy Horschel. Uh, he was an outright winner for us. Uh, pretty much the process for that was just going through a basic bracket building process where you're just trying to get away from the teams or players in this situation that might not make it out of the opening round. Like, say, Kentucky, for example, purposes, and Duke. Like, I was very worried about those two potentially not making it out of the opening round. Obviously, that worked out. It's kind of cherry-picking it a little bit. But that's kind of the process that you need to go with with the bracket as well. On the flip side, you're going you're gonna to want to target and focus on the players that had the best chance to get to the Sweet 16. Uh, and that's pretty much going to be the strategy here. But we're going to get much deeper into that. Got a bunch of tools here that I'm excited to show you guys. Uh, it's going to be going over the percent chance for a player uh, group by group to advance in that round, which is going to be fun. And that at the end of the video, I'm going to show you guys kind of the 9 to 5 lineup, PGA lineup builder, uh, show you guys how you guys can use that to make sure that you're not uh, pairing players within the same group or within the same like sweet 16 bracket. So a lot of fun stuff here. Uh, let's get into the strategy for this week. Should have mentioned, guys, I uh, took down a first round showdown yesterday or last week that was pretty fun uh good stuff there but talking about this week we got billy horschel as a pass winner once again i already talked about that kind of strategy there uh kevin kisner bubba watson and dj are all pass winners as well as we can see they're kind of all different types of golfers here so there's nothing really to point out who is going to play well uh just kind of looking at that we can kind of tell that we don't really have the key stats that we'd want but we can kind of just see that based off of the previous winners that it really is just like a shot by shot, hole by hole type basis. Uh, looking at the course here, we can see it's a Pete Dye course design. Lovely course here, honestly, guys. It's a fun course. So par 71 Bermuda Greens, uh, kind of a normal length. I would love to see this tournament played or this course played on a normal tournament just once. Uh, it is a fun of a course, though, for match play as well. Uh, risk reward type course. Uh, I do enjoy it. It's, it's a fun one to watch. It gives us like a normal break in the PGA DFS PGA tour schedule, but looking at key stats. So the key stats that I'm going to be focused on this week are just going to be trying to find which golfers have been golfing well this season thus far. So like a Sally strokes game differential makes a lot of sense in that uh, strokes game total, obviously, and then ball striking as well. That all makes sense. Uh, just based off of that, we can see Justin Thomas, Thomas Peters. Now it's going to be a little bit because of the DP tour stats, but then Daniel Berger, John Rahm, Billy Horschel, uh, Victor Hovland are all names popping up there as well. Looking at course history, I was a little bit shocked there. Brian Harmon popping up there with a fifth and a ninth place finish. Alex Norton, 17th, fifth and third. And then everyone knows Kevin Kisner, the match play God, pretty much uh, first and second uh, two years ago. Looking at local ties, golfers that are based in Texas pretty much got a lot of those golfers. Looking at recent form here, Justin Thomas, Patrick Hanley, Scotty Scheffler, Russell Henley. I mean, no real surprises on this name, except for maybe Mark Leishman at 10th. But, you know, he had been playing solid golf kind of throughout this whole season. Hasn't really missed a cut. So the strategy this week, GPPs. Okay, I'm going to touch on this deeper, but you want to focus on getting four for four uh, for the final four, which is going to be very difficult to do, and I'll touch on that. But in cash, you're going to want to maximize your ceiling or your floor, not necessarily your ceiling, which is exactly what you're trying to do in cash. And that's something I want to talk about a little bit further here. So kind of what I mean by that is that in GPPs this week, uh, you're going to be focusing on not having players match up on your bracket. And I'll be showing you guys that here as well. But in cash, 
and I'll be showing you guys this as well. There's going to be situations where it might make sense to double up on two players that might face each other in round two or might face each other in round three because pretty much you're trying to say that, hey, I, I believe strongly that this guy is going to get out of round one. And that's the number one goal is to focus on golfers that are going to get out of round one. Okay, because you can't get points if they don't do that. You want to focus on that first of all. So if let's say, for example, purposes, I'll touch on these two a little bit later on, but I really like Scotty Scheffler and I really like Patrick Cantley. Uh, Billy Horschel is another one as well. Those are all players that could potentially match up against each other. I'd be fine putting two of them into a cash bill, just pretty much saying, hey, I love these guys. They're going to you know, win in round one. And I think whoever wins their matchup in round two or round three have strong chance to win. And you know, if you get those winning points, that's going to be huge for you in cash. So I don't mind that. And GPPs probably don't want to go that route. But I'll show you guys why strategy this week is, is very, very interesting. Okay. And I'll, I'll talk about this more when we get into it as well. I'm going to show you guys bracket by bracket kind of what the breakdown is here. So one thing I want to point out, the 9 to 5 lineup builder, I'll be showing you guys how to use that tool, but we're going to show you guys the data homepage here, uh, which I kind of updated for this week, and that's why I'm releasing the video late on Monday night. I can be uh, releasing it on Tuesday morning for some of you guys, uh, but I'll show you guys here. So I included this at the bottom of the cheat sheet page. It has all the groupings for this week, so you could go through and look at it. Let's say you want to look at 1 in 16, click on those, and then you can see kind of what the percent chances are for those golfers to go ahead and advance. Now, obviously, there's going to be a human element to this. We can figure out, like, which ones we agree with and whatnot, but we got that stat uh, data to kind of give us the basis, and I think that's going to be huge. So bracket, section by bracket, I'm just going to go through it here, highlighting the top picks. I'm going to show you guys that with the 9 to 5 tool here, which I have broken out, and you can see it's going to be broken out by group as well. We're going to go through it and show you guys that. And the reason being is that this is the process that you need to go through this week to figure out why I'm on certain players or why certain players might be popping up as well. It's going to be a quick process. Hopefully, we'll see. I'm going to try to make this as quick as possible. So let's get into it. So looking at the Dell Technologies match play, top right bracket right here. And this one already starts off kind of interesting to me because we got Pat, or John Rom, who is really just a standout play in this price point tier. So we're going to go down to group one. We can see John Rom has the best percent chance to get out of round one, 63% chance for him to get out of round one. Uh, Sweet 16 chance, 40%. That's really good in the field and still pretty good elite eight chance as well. And I'll show you guys kind of why. And then after that, all pretty much the same. So there's not a real standout next best option in this pricing tier as well. So for me, I might just go with John Rom in a lot of builds, just kind of shoulder shrug and hope that, you know, he comes through. But the worry with him is that he might not come through, but who's really going to compete with him? Patrick Reed, is Patrick Reed going to cheat his way through it? I don't think so. Cameron Young doesn't have any experience here. I don't mind Cameron Young. Cameron Young had been in some good recent form there. Um, Sebastian Munoz not a bad play as well. I do kind of see a path where Cameron Young just kind of grinds it out. This guy's a gamer. I, I could see him having a good week. At his price point here, I don't mind him. You know, he's kind of a value play for me this week at 7K. He is someone that if you wanted to bracket-wise, it does kind of make a little bit of sense to go with him. If you're kind of worried about kind of John Rahm's recent form, uh, you could go that route. But for the most part, just going with uh, John Rahm there does make a lot of sense in the bracket tier. Uh, DraftKings-wise, I don't know because I do like his chances to advance to at least the Elite Eight. From there, I don't expect him to do much, and I'll kind of show you guys why here as well. So let's get into the next group here, group 16. So group 16, let's figure it out. So 
Air, EVR is the one that's popping up the most here. So EVR, we can kind of see why course history wise, EVR had a ninth place finish here last year. That was his only start here. You know, pretty decent recent form as a whole. But you know, to me, it either comes out to Shane Lowry or EVR. Maybe Brooks has found something in his game, but he's been so hit or miss. I kind of just don't see him advancing that far in a match play type of event. And then HV3 also been a little bit hit or miss. Uh, I do want to see someone that does have some sort of consistency because although it might not matter in one specific matchup it's going to matter throughout the week weekend uh probably should have said this does start on wednesday as well so you're going to have to get your lineups in on tuesday uh but looking at yeah i like evr as a value play i mean it makes a lot of sense he's got the best percent chance to get out of round one uh but it's it's very close as we can see so it should kind of just be a stay away but for dfs purposes for maybe the bracket purposes as well uh looking at the round uh the first group as well you know, you could see a path where you just say, you know, I'm going to go with EVR at 6.5. Hopefully he makes it out of there. If he does, that's a huge W for you already. If you get a value play to really just win round one, that is huge. Now he doesn't have the best chance to really advance in round one or after round one, unless he gets Cameron Young or Shabashin Munoz. You know, if John Rahm somehow loses, then EVR does have a pretty decent chance to make it out of the Sweet 16. So it's really comes down to do you think John Rahm is going to advance or not I do but I'm going to go with EVR for now uh just looking at those two yeah I'm going to go with John Rahm over EVR uh now let's look at uh the Bryson and DJ group so we're going to start off with group nine here and I'll show you guys what it looks like uh, with all of them in there so group nine Bryson has a huge advantage here okay really comes down to is he injured and just how good of recent form he is because on his Instagram, he's been or Twitter and Instagram, he's been doing those stupid uh, ping pong trick shots where people fake to get hype after he's tried it a hundred times in an hour. I, I never get those videos. Those are, I don't get, I don't get how you can be hyped after like an hour straight of doing that, but Hey, good for him. It does seem like he's having fun and whatnot. Hey, whatever. Good for him. Uh, you know, he hasn't really played well in match tournaments as well. Okay. So yeah, he does rank out well, given the group, he should be able to go out and play well here. Uh, staff at wise Taylor Gooch, um, you know, a little bit hit or miss with the stats there. I could see him doing well, but really, like no one here in this group gives us confidence that they're going to go out and play well. We don't know what to expect from Bryson DeChambeau. We just don't. So, like, I could see a path once again where someone like Richard Bland makes it out of the first round. I don't love that. It's not something I'd go crazy with, but you know, DraftKings purposes, you're just trying to find that guy that might get out of the first round. So, for value purposes, you know how I typically tier these videos where it's high tier, low tier, mid, mid tier, low tier, and value tier, Richard Bland does make a little bit of sense, but it's obviously not something that you love, not someone that you're going to go crazy with in uh, GPPs. And then just looking at someone like Max Homa and DJ. So looking at the pricing, just taking the pricing out of it and take the name value out of it, they are pretty much going to be the same play uh, this week. I like both of them, but for me, it does make a lot of sense to just kind of shoulder shrug it. I'm going to take the guy that's a little bit cheaper priced, Hopefully, DJ hasn't found something in this game, so we can chase the better recent form from Max Homa and the slightly better start from Max Homa uh, last year at this tournament. But as we can see, all these guys played well here last year. Matthew Wolf is someone that, yeah, shot by shot has sucked, okay? But this is a match play tournament where sometimes shot by shot, losing a hole doesn't matter as much. Like, one bad shot's going to cost you a miscut on the PGA Tour where it might not cost you a match here. Still don't love it. Still don't mind Max Homa. And just looking at the bracket wise. So like we can see here, guys, in this bracket tier, it's a struggle to find someone good in round one to advance far. And so, yeah, kind of just ending up going John Rahm uh, and not loving it. 
that's it kind of is what it is there so like value wise you could go richard bland there if you want to i do like max homa i think it's gonna be max homa versus john rom you guys could end up doing that as well if you want if you want to go with max homa there you can but let's just look at that again as the whole group so one sixteen and nine so we can see just based off of that whole group here who is most likely to advance in round one and then to the sweet 16. it's okay um don't love it here really don't love it here at all but it is what it is that's kind of the grouping that we got so honestly like the top left uh bracket here i don't love and the problem with this week really in both DraftKings and for the bracket building your dfs lineup purposes is that the top picks the players that we have confidence in to move on into round two uh, to advance from round one are all in this bottom left range and i'll kind of show you guys that as we go through this so let's start off with sky shuffler his group and I will say Sky Shuffler is getting a huge bump because of his victory here last year and his great recent form. But we can't really knock him for that. Like, we, we just can't. Uh, what, what group was he? Group five, sorry. Group five. We can't really knock him for that. Yeah, he, he finished second here last year. Like, you can't knock a guy for that. Um, recent form was really solid besides that 55th, first, seventh, first before that. You know, played really well going into that. You know, this is a pretty stacked group, though. We got Ian Poulter. Great course history, 9th, 17th, 5th. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood, 5th, 24th, 17th. That is pretty good as well. Matt Fitzpatrick, who had been in some pretty strong recent form very recently, more long-term, not as much, but you know he's had some good finishes here as well. So like, I do really like Scotty Scheffler here, but this is kind of the route where, yeah, the data is saying he should be a really strong play to go ahead and advance. And, you know, he does have a pretty strong likelihood to like go on and win it's due to his recent form, due to his staff fit, due to his course history. But, you know, in a bracket sense, it might make sense to maybe just have him go into round one. So that's going to lead me to kind of the same logic that I ended up on Billy Horschel last year because Billy Horschel has one of the best chances to advance in round one. And because we don't know what to expect out of Scotty Scheffler, I might just be favoring Billy Horschel as well. So Billy Horschel is going to be the 12th seed uh, this week. So let's just look at it here. Billy Horschel, 12th seed. So here we go. So Billy Horschel, 12th seed. We can see really strong percent chance to get out of the first round, uh, 54% chance, and then a 17% chance to uh, make it um, out of the Sweet 16. So we can see he won here last year, 24th place finish the year before that. Really strong recent form, top 10 in the field, top 10 or top 12 in course history, uh, top 10 staff it as well. Once again, I update these stats and the recent form stats. So it's going to be over the last 10 weeks. Uh, which is something that's available on the custom model tool here as well. You can kind of just click through uh, the recent starts if you want to, the recent uh, stats as well. We got all free. So if you want to look at strokes gain around the green, last 20, you can. Let's uh, say strokes gain approach over the last 10. You can include that into your sample set and you're good to go. You can also look at recent form. If you want to add in more recent form there, it's just as simple as that. So uh, just a reminder to you guys out there that that's what this has been updated to but we can see you know no one here that's really telling us that yeah we have any confidence that they're going to go out and play well yes thomas peters on the dp tour did have some good stats recently but whatever you know pilly horse was kind of just a standout play though so for the bracket wise it does make sense to go with uh billy horschel to advance and then just out of that grouping there um let's go back into it real quick like when we're just looking at it there i have more faith I mean, just look at it, guys. We got one player in the top four uh, for Elite Eight for Sweet 16 here that is from Group 12, and we got three players that are from Group 5. So it makes sense to just play the odds there 
and kind of hope to get lucky there. And that's really all making a bracket is. And that's all DFS here is going to be this week, pretty much. Until we get into the lineup builder, I'll show you guys how to use that. So I guess I can show you guys that real quick. Um, so yeah, using the Scotty Scheffler group, I guess, is, is what we could do. Or I already made a build. I already made a player group. So I really like Patrick Hanley. I really like Scotty Scheffler. And I really like uh, Patrick Hanley, which I'll touch on here in a second. So for me, I think they all have a good chance to get out of the first round at least. But I like for the lineups that I have Scotty Scheffler in, I do not want Billy Horschel or Patrick Cantley in, in GPPs because we know that that's going to cap our upside in GPPs, okay? So this is an easy way for you guys to do this. So you could add another uh, player group in there as well if you want to. We already have that one in there, but let's do another one here. So um, let's look at Sky Scheffler's group once again. So in the builds that have Sky Scheffler, I want at most zero of... <laughs> Tommy Fleetwood, uh, Ian Poulter, and then who else was in this group? Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick. Save, and then we're good. So let's click out of that real quick, and we're going to generate it. I'm going to lock in Scotty Scheffler into this build just so you guys can see. We're going to generate those builds. And right now the fancy points aren't updated in there, but we can go to the... We can just kind of look and see none of the builds are going to have those guys in there. Okay. This, this is how you can gain an edge here this week in GPPs. If you're entering like a hundred lineups, 50 lineups, 20 lineups, this is how you can gauge the edge this week in GPPs. Now you might be capping your, you might be reducing your floor a little bit, but you're, you're going to be cap. You're going to be getting a huge ceiling. So let's get back into it. I apologize. Kind of just want to show you guys that while I had it popped up there, but uh, yeah, looking at it, like Billy Horschel just seems like the logical safe play. Uh, once again, I, I'm just going to go ahead and use him because it makes the most sense to go ahead and advance him on there. Uh, we can see the percent chance to get to the Elite Eight. You know, pretty good there. Obviously, Sky Scheffler, if he gets it out of his first round group, going to be tough to beat. But they had an epic showdown last year, so that'd be that'd be fun. We know they did that on purpose. Okay, we know it. Just like UNC, uh, we knew that they were a nine seed on purpose this year uh, to try to gain some... Uh, I guess viewership for the NCAA tournament. Like it's not, it's pretty obvious when stuff like that happens, but uh, let's get into the next one. Uh, Terrell Hatton, uh, Daniel Berger, uh, Seabook Kim. So this one I kind of like as well. We can kind of pretty much see how it's going to be Terrell Hatton or DB there. So uh, let's get back into it once again. 13th group there. So I click out of the other one here. Sorry. So yeah. We got Daniel Berger, Terrell Haddon, Siwoo Kim. So we can see it's kind of going to be a split between uh, maybe DB and Terrell Haddon. You know, Bazoo and Howe and Siwoo Kim not ranking out too poorly. They have a decent percent chance. You know, what I really like about Terrell Haddon is, you know, yes, his recent form isn't the best, like, long-term, but really recent. We can see 12, 21st, 13th, 2nd, and miscut, whatever. And he has really strong course history here, uh, especially over the last uh, years prior to last year, so 9th. Ninth and 17th. That's pretty good there. So, it, you know, really wouldn't be shocking for him to beat out Daniel Berger. But when we look at staff it wise, recent form wise, it does make sense that Daniel Berger is popping up a little bit more there. Uh, you know, this kind of seems like a stay away if you want to punch in one of those two to advance. I don't necessarily love it because I do really like uh, Patrick Cantley this week. So, Patrick Cantley is going to be the four seed. I'll show you guys why I like Patrick Cantley. And he's going to be the guy that I bet on to go the deepest. 
is at a strong price point as well. So Patrick Hanley, 18th, 24th, and 17th. So out of all the four golfers here, clearly the best course history because, well, he's played it the most for one, but no one else has really had that strong course history. Yes, he's coming off of a miscut and a 33rd place finish, which are some of his worst finishes um, over the past, like, 15 starts, but still um, second and fourth prior to that. Still a strong staff fit. Uh, he's not someone that's really going to hurt you shot by shot. Um, you know, if he hits a couple of bad shots, oh, well. Uh, Sanjay's been a little inconsistent as of recent. I just don't see him, like, kind of having that mental mindset to go out and dominate. So, you know, this is one where I think the data is true. This is one where I really like Patrick Hanley. And then just looking at the the Daniel Berger group once again, um, it just makes sense to go with Patrick Cantlay. Uh, much better sweet 16 odds, much better lead eight odds. Uh, decent for championship odds there for DB, but uh, yeah, Patrick Cantlay to me makes the most sense. So once again, I am trying to establish who are going to be the best DFS picks by filling out the bracket because that is what you have to do. We have to go through this process. So I don't know, let's go Daniel Berger, sure, whatever. Um, so it's going to come down to Billy Horschel, Patrick Hanley. I don't really want to click on one of them to advance just yet because I think it is going to be a toss-up, and I kind of just want to show you guys that process as well. And now we get into, like, really, I want to put up the, the fade part here because I hate, I hate this bracket section here, guys. It is bad. It is bad, okay? Uh, it is rough. Like, I think... Like, if I was going to do a one-and-done pick, it'd be Xander Shoffley, and I'll touch on why here in just a second, but I'll show you guys here. So let's get into uh, the Conmore Coward group. So group two, top left group, or top right group, I have them written out as a fade as well in my little uh, episode cheat sheet. So Sergio Garcia, I like him a lot. He makes a lot of sense as a price point here. But look at these guys. Like, Conmore Coward, he's going to be the top pick in that bracket group. I don't like it. Um, ranks out 20th in the 9-5 model which, you know, whatever, it's mostly course history there. Uh, recent form could be a little bit better coming off of a 68th and 100th place finish. Now, could be a little bit better there, but still not bad. Uh, staff at wise top 20 still, you know, he's fine. He's fine. He should play well here as well. Uh, Jason Kolkrock, the big letdown from last week. Um, I don't see him playing well at this type of event. Uh, Robert McIntyre had a ninth place finish, but kind of shows you the randomness sometimes of this event. Then we have Sergio Garcia. You know, Sergio Garcia, really strong course history. Fifth, fifth, ninth, thirtieth. Uh, he is someone where if you end up on him, it's kind of just a shoulder shrug. Eight point three is a great price point for him. Uh, really, out of this group, it, it's telling us that he has the best percent chance to make it out of the group. Now, it's not going to be that big of a difference once you get further down. Um, his odds reduce a lot, but in this specific group, given how Kyle Morikawa has been playing, he does have a decent chance. But look at it. I mean, this spread isn't that big. 32 to like 20% between Sergio, who's the best in this group, and Jason Kolkrak, who's the worst. It's not that big of a gap. That is really a small margin there. So it is something that makes me want to stay away. And if you want to go with Robert McIntyre instead to win that grouping, you could. Uh, but as you guys will see, it's not really something that's desirable either way. So we'll show you guys the Abraham Manser group, uh, group 15 there. And it's not a good group as well. And I'm sorry, guys. I know this video is going to go long, but that's just the process of this week. This is what you're going to have to do. And then if you're building, uh, you know, max entry lineups, you're going to have to go through each group and do that as well with the player groups. That is just how it's going to work out. If you want to have a good week this week, this is what you're going to have to do. If you want to have a good week in cash, just play the good players that I mentioned, and you should be fine as long as they go out and make the final four. 
as long as one of them make it to the championship, you should be fine because there's going to be a lot of variants. But this is just part of the process of this weekend. I apologize, but I wanted to get this information out to you guys in the best way possible, and I think this is the best way possible. Showing you guys why this is a fade group, though, for me. Holy crap, what do we do with this group? I mean, we've got Brian Harmon, Abraham Manser, Bubba Watson, and Webb Simpson. Webb Simpson kind of showing signs of life here, but they all played well at this event prior. Webb is the worst, so I think we could cross them off there, I guess. Um, you know, Brian Harmon, he's been showing lots of upside recently, and he's played well at this course in the past. Fifth and ninth place finishes over the last four years. Abraham Manser, 18th and 17th, really good. Uh, Bubba Watson, 9th, 40th, 1st and 9th. So all really good stuff from these guys. For me, I hate this side of the bracket. It is going to be the hardest to predict, okay? And I know people like to do like the, it's not the death group, but like this is where there's going to be some carnage possibly because they're all decent plays, but none of them are sexy plays at the same time. And then when you put them up against uh, the Kamurakawa group, which was the second group here, sorry. It's still pretty ugly. Like, you're not feeling good about that as well. Maybe you just go with Sergio as well, and that's kind of part of the process here. It's like Sergio versus any of those guys does make a lot of sense. So, I don't know. I'm going to go Brian Harmon there, and then Sergio to advance. Just based off the percent chances there. It's kind of like why I'm ending up on Billy Horschel over the other ones. It kind of just makes the most sense, given the bracket. And now we get into another shitty section here. <laughs> Usti, Casey, Connors, Norn. Another one that is really just tough to predict and also kind of why I want to stay away because all four of these guys, and I'm going to say all four of them, I know Corey Connors isn't ranking out well there, but he could win that group as well. Corey Connors finished poorly here last year, um, had been in some kind of iffy recent form up until really two events ago. He's since won 11th, 26th. You know, he's a decent staff at top 20 in the field. Uh, Usti, Usti finished 61st here last year, not good. Besides that, 5th, ninth, 17th, you know, pretty good stuff there. Uh, he is someone who, like Justin Thomas, has been starting off kind of good and then falling off, you know, maybe being in contention, you could say, and not being able to convert. Uh, Louis has somewhat struggled in that sense, where maybe you worry about him closing out a match. His price point's up there as well. Like, I do like Paul Casey a lot in this group. Given his course history, 28th, 9th, 17th, 9th, that's great. You know, pretty strong staff hit, top 20 in the field, top 20 in recent form rank, overall top six in the 95 mile this week. Anytime you can get that type of play at this price point, that's going to be good. Like Sam Burns, top eight pick last week, ended up winning top eight pick in the 95 mile, ended up winning pretty much at the same price point. So it's not like out of the question. If Paul Casey could maybe make it out of this group, he'd win. It's just, it's, it's not easy to predict there. Like, Alex Noren, 17th, 3rd, 5th. Really strong uh, course history here. Uh, decent in recent form as well. Top 13 in the field. Staffit-wise, could be a little bit better. But overall, still ranks out top 10 in the 9-5 mile this week. It's like this group is a group that I want to stay away from. And if you want to just shoulder shrug it and go with Alex Noren at his 7.8K price point on DraftKings this week, you could. And I'm going to kind of just go with that for the bracket purposes. Sure, why not? And now we get into my one and only core play this week. Uh, that is going to be Xander Schauffele. So it's not going to be the normal core play screen that I typically do. Um, I'm sorry, longer video. And since I'm already getting this out late, I didn't, I didn't want to make that graphic. I apologize. But 
Out of all the golfers this week that have a favorable draw, I think Xander's is the best. Not only is he better than Tony Finau, um, course history-wise, in every start so far here over the last four years. Last year, he finished 18th. The year before that, Finau finished, or that, that same year, Tony Finau finished 28th. Uh, in 2019, remember, we don't have 2020 for this stretch of tournaments. Uh, we don't have the past results for 2020 over the stretch of tournaments because of the COVID year. So we're going to 2019, 2018, and unfortunately going five years back to 2017. Still, Xander finished better than him, 24th. Tony Finau finished 40th. And then they finished the same in uh, 2018 there, finishing 17th. But Tony Finau has been playing horribly as of recent. Uh, three out of his last four starts have been missed cuts, whereas three out of Xander's last four starts have been top 13 or better finishes. Look at Lucas Herbert. He hasn't really shown much uh, besides, uh, I think that was an alternative event there where his uh, seventh place finished. And then Kanea, you know, he's played okay, I guess, um, in some non-PGA Tour events. But, like, overall, we're expecting Xander to advance out of this group. And just kind of by process of elimination with him in that other group, with that Louis Oosthuizen group, I think he makes the most sense to go ahead and advance out of that because we can strongly say that Xander Schauffele should be able to make it out of the first round there, whereas we can't say that about any of these golfers here. So for me, it makes the most sense to just have Xander go ahead and advance, play the odds there that, yeah, Xander has a great chance to advance in round one. Thus, we already like his chances to advance out of that round as well. Uh, we can see kind of based off of this, yeah, Paul Casey, if he wins his group, he has a good chance to make it to the Sweet 16. If Alex Norn makes it out of his group, he has a good chance to make it to the Sweet 16. But overall, as it sits, we can see Xander easily, easily has the best round one chance out of those, out of that tier, okay? So now we get into the bottom right one here, guys. The bottom right one is okay. It's not great. <laughs> they kind of screwed Justin Thomas here, I think, with the Kevin Kisner draw. Uh, and I'll show you guys why here. So what number is he? He's group six. So group six for Justin Thomas. You know, it ranks out really well in the model. Uh, Mark Lushman ranks out pretty well in the model as well, but uh, this is kind of a week where if you see someone with good course history, that indicates that they have good match play history. And we, we kind of know that with uh, Kevin Kisner, that he's kind of a match play guy. But Justin Thomas, Justin Thomas is just a streaky golfer as a whole where he could not be on his game completely for, uh, you know, maybe a day or two, and that could lose him kind of the match play um, side of it. Or he couldn't have it enough where he finishes top four. It's kind of more or less in every tournament when Justin Thomas finds it. And I guess now recently it's kind of the opposite. It's like, when is Justin Thomas going to lose it? Because he has been right in contention in every event pretty much. Uh, and he's just kind of, I don't want to say choked it away. He just hasn't done enough to win, but we can see why, why he's one of the best players. Specialist wise, third best in the field. First best at fit course history wise could be better. 26 there. Uh, best recent form out of anyone in the field still ranks out top three in the nine to five model. The problem with it is Kevin Kisner, you can't ignore that strong course history. Eventually this is going to break. And I keep finding myself saying this, I think over the last like three times this event has occurred and it just hasn't happened there with Kevin Kisner. So maybe we just stay away from it there. I, yeah, that's going to be up to you. Um, for me, I just kind of hate this group. And then you throw in Mark Leishman, who's not terrible. I would say that these, these odds here should be a little bit closer. 
so yeah, to me, I, I just don't love that group. Um, sure, like bracket wise, I would go with like Justin Thomas. DFS wise, it doesn't. It, it makes a little bit of sense to go with Kevin Kisner. You could do that. Uh, from there, Jordan Spieth, Adam Scott, Justin Rose, Keegan Bradley. Another one that I don't really love. Uh, for the purpose of this video, um, I think I'm just going to go through a l much more quick quickly here. So, eleven. We can kind of show you guys that really close as a whole. Adam Scott most likely to win at 29%. Keegan Bradley, uh, 20% likely to advance in that grouping. So, you know, do with that what you will. I don't really care uh, too much about anyone in that pricing tier. If you go with Justin Rose, you should go with Keegan Bradley. Keegan Bradley obviously kind of has chalk bomb last week. Uh, you know, do with that what you will. Uh, Jordan probably should make it out of that group, but, you know, that's kind of a toss-up as well. Uh, kind of just a group you want to stay away from. And then Joaquin Neiman, uh, Russell Henley group. This is one that is interesting to me as well. I kind of want to spend a little bit more time on this one because it, it's it's very interesting. So we got Russell Henley, who really, guys, Russell Henley, fourth best recent form out of anyone in the field, and then eighth best staff fit, okay? But then when we're looking at it, we got the 17th, 18th, and 19th best, best pick in the 9-5 model here in this group. They're all grouped together. And the Maverick Pengeli, not that far off as well. You know, look at it once again. The chances for these guys to advance are all pretty much even, even. So, like for the PJ lineup builder purposes, like if I'm building a lineup, uh, like the player group that I'm going to do here is like lineups that include like Justin Thomas and lineups that include Kevin Kisner. I'm probably going to exclude the players that are in this group, uh, just because like if who whichever one of those guys advance, I think or I guess it'd be the bottom. It'd be the bottom bracket here. So it'd be whichever one of like Victor Hovland and Willie Z make it out. I think they're going to have a strong likelihood to make it to the sweet 16. So like when we're doing the lineup builder here, I would go like lineups that include uh, Willie Z. How about exclude? So at most, I want zero of uh, who who is in this group, this uh, group that I'm talking about. Uh, Russell Henley, Joaquin Neiman, like you could do that. Okay. Because it's gonna be close, but I, I like I don't mind Russell Henley. Like why can name? It's just tough. Like Kevin Na has been very hit or miss here, um, and maybe they advance, maybe they don't. You know, Russell Henley, I kind of expect him to do well, but when we look at this other group, you'll kind of see why I'm thinking that. So we'll go down to the Victor Hovland group, group three, and there we go. So we can see, you know two of the top 10 players in the 95 miles. So they should advance. Like one of these two should advance and they probably should advance to the sweet 16 and probably have a strong chance to make it to elite eight. Once again, just kind of going over all the groups here. So 14, 11 and six, 14, 11 and six. So just out of those groups, we can see kind of who has the best chance to make it to the sweet 16. So let's say Victor Hovland or Willie Z win. Well, they have a really strong chance to make it to the Sweet 16. Then they wouldn't have to worry about Justin Thomas until the Elite Eight. Then they also have about the same odds uh, to make it to the Elite Eight. Still good odds there. So the likelihood of one of those two guys, if they go ahead and make it there, they have a strong likelihood to make it to the Elite Eight, which I, I kind of like. So once again, doing the lineup builder, like if we're doing that, I want to skew it towards them. So like instead of like Russell Henley, I don't want him in a build that has Willie Z. Or Joaquin Neiman, Kevin Na, that would be the way that I would go about doing this. Okay, that's an easy way to do that. Save it, and you're good to go. That way, you're going to give yourself the best chance to get 
and line up with six for six, I'd be like four for four in the final four. That's what that's what you're trying to accomplish there. So let's just go through this again real quick. Uh, just looking at that group, I don't know. Let's go with Victor Hovland, but Willie Z. I mean, you can get a huge price discount on DraftKings for pretty much the exact same play. You know, I really don't mind that. I guess I probably should have touched on that a little bit more. So Willie Z, 28th here last year. Really strong staff fit. Uh, course history-wise, fine. Victor Hovland, you know, 42nd place finish here last year. And that I think that kind of goes back to who he was as a player back then. It kind of seemed like he was lacking that killer mentality, that Mamba mentality, if you will. Uh, really a year ago at this time where now it's something like a flip has switched in his brain. Um, the switch has flipped in his brain. There we go. Um, where he just seems like more mentally into stuff where like before when he'd be competing in an event around the leaderboard, he'd be all like happy and, you know, having fun with it where now he seems like extremely focused, like he wants to win these events. So, you know, I, maybe that's just a mental thing last year, but a matter of fact is that Willie Z played better than him at this event last year. Not by much. That's not a huge difference there. Um, and they're pretty much exactly the same place. So you could get a price discount and go with Willie Z. But for DFS purposes, those two are really popping up the most. So that's why I want Willie Z to advance. And I don't know, whatever. We'll go Russell Henley, sure. Um... I don't know, Kisner as well. So here's what we got. So we got our elite eight here. It's John Rahm, Max Homa, Billy Horschel, Patrick Hanley, Kevin Kisner, Willie Z, Sergio Garcia, and Xander Schauffele. So, you know, now we can kind of just go through the mental side of it, I guess, if you will, a little bit. Uh, I, I do really like Xander's chances, once again, to not only make it out of the first round, to make it out of the second round. We don't exactly know what to expect from Sergio, really, with this grouping here. And then also with his original group as well. So I do kind of trust Xander a little bit more. We're going to have him advance. And then from there, Willie Z, I'm going to have him advance as well. Uh, going against Kevin Kisner, it does worry me a little bit, but we're going to go with it. And then Billy Horschel, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think I'll go Patrick Cantley because Billy Horschel, yeah, I like his chances to make it out of round one. Um, and if Scotty Scheffler can make it out of his round one grouping, then I, I worry about Billy Horschel. But um, if Sky Scheffler makes it out, you know, that's, that's going to be tough for Billy Hill. But he won. He won against him already once. That's tough. That is tough. But either way, you're probably going to end up playing Patrick Hanley. So, yeah, let's just go with Patrick Hanley. That's the most safe. And then we can go Patrick Hanley versus Xander. Uh, once again, I think they just have the easier route to make it there. And then we're good. You know, we pretty much have it figured out. You can pick a champion from there. Overall, let's see if we can make a lineup with that work here. Uh, so we'll go with Patrick Cantley, Xander in the lineup, and Willie Z. Let's see if that works. So lineup tool. So Patrick Cantley, Willie Z, and Xander. Probably won't be able to make it work, but this is where the other values come into play here. Uh, so Willie Z, and then let's see bracket-wise. So bracket-wise. Um, we're fine here because we're pulling in golfers that we think had the best chance to make it to the final four pretty much. Uh, so now maybe like we go with something like EVR, who I thought had a good chance to make it out of his bracket tier. I'm fine with that. Uh, so we can go with that. He's going to be really low down here, though. There he is. All right. Uh, let's continue to look for a value play potentially. I We just don't really have that. Like this is the tier where you're getting all your values, which kind of sucks. So it's like really tough to do a studs and duds unless you're just completely tossing the dice and saying whatever. That's That's the weird part here is that if you want to take the risk and say, hey, this value is going to be low owned, 
but I think they have a decent chance to make it to the Sweet 16, make it to Elite Eight. You could do that because they're going to be low owned. And, you know, really all you're trying to do is get the Final Four and then the champion as well to have a good week in GPPs. And I kind of already showed you that with the lineup builder here, how you can do that. Uh, so let's see here. Max Homa. I mean, I don't mind Max Homa. I don't want to overload this section. So pretty much I'm fading John Rahm and hoping that one of these guys make it there as well. So we'll go with Max Homa. We know they're not going to meet if they would until the um, matchup to get to the Final Four. I'm fine with that. That makes sense to me. There he is, Max Homa. And then let's see here. Ideally, I would want to get someone from this pricing tier. Let's see. And this is where, like, in cash, if we had enough salary left over, I, I wouldn't really hate the idea of going with Victor Hovland just in the sense that we think that either Willie Z or Victor Hovland have a strong chance to make it to the Final Four based on the stuff that we touched on already. Like, I don't mind that idea. I don't love it. It's something you go with. Let's go with Sergio here. Sergio I did like. Uh, let's see if Sergio would work in this build. Probably not, I'm guessing, but yeah, a little bit over, 900 over here. And that's kind of the problem with this week is that there's not an optimal lineup. You're going to be chasing stuff that you wouldn't normally do, but that's also what makes it fun. And that's kind of what makes it a fun week to use something like a lineup builder in that sense where it's going to force you to do stuff that you typically wouldn't do, which is something I really like this week. So um, I know this video went long and I apologize for that, guys. Uh, I do. Um, if you guys are still watching, let me know in the comment section below if you do want that um, alternative event video for you. I could probably come out with that on Tuesday. Uh, obviously, the focus was getting this video out to you guys uh, on Monday so that you could be ready for it on Wednesday. Once again, I apologize for it being late. But if you guys want the Corrales video, let me know in the comment section below. Whew. Let's have a good week. I don't even know if I mentioned this video. Um, took down a showdown first round. That was pretty fun. I was in Vegas this past week. That was fun as well. But that kind of deterred from the fun of taking down that showdown in round one um, last week. Because I'm in Vegas, I wasn't watching all the shots. I was taking shots, you know. Uh, I kind of sucked there. But overall, I mean, it was a good time both ways. Uh, got some feature bets made in there for uh, both the Masters and I think it was the U.S. Open. Excited to see what those ones do. All my uh, bets for the NCAA tournament are still alive in terms of winners. So I placed five of those. All five of them are still alive. So fun there. Probably should have led with that. Probably should have led with that. Hey, guys, I made uh, five outright bets, or I guess NCAA tournament bets, that are all still alive. How many people could say that? With Kentucky, with uh, UNC winning? Not everyone. Not everyone. All right, that's all I have for you guys. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this video. If you did, please give me a like and subscribe. I know it's a long one. I apologize. All right, let's have a good weekend as always. Let's keep cashing.